0: It's Christmas. This has been a a, a great time, right? Singing great songs, really like uplifting songs that the Savior has come and he's come to, to rid the world of the curse. This is glorious. Christmas is our celebration of the incarnation of God the Son. It's the time of year when we, with special intensity, are reminded of and focus on the fact that God became flesh. That the Son of God took a human nature to himself, was born of a woman, as we read, and became one of us in order to redeem us. That God became flesh is the greatest miracle of all time. It's greater than the resurrection. That the infinitely transcendent God would take a human nature to himself. This is glory. There's mystery here to consider that God became a man without ever ceasing to be God. That the Son of God became the God-man and only mediator between God and men. There are complexities and glories to this that we will never get to the bottom of. I think even through eternity, we will never get to the bottom of the complexities and glories of God-made flesh. But why? Why did this glorious event take place? Why did God become a man? Why did the Son of God come into the world? Why do we celebrate Christmas? One text comes to mind that answers the question, and it's not a traditional Christmas text. It's actually found in one of the letters of the New Testament, and I want to speak to you about it briefly. First John, chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. Here's what the apostle John says. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Christ came into the world. He was born. He was sent by God the Father for a couple of reasons, according to this text. First, John says that Christ came into the world so that we might live through him. And this is spiritual life that John's talking about. This is the eternal life that the Lord Jesus came into the world to give. God sent his son in order that we might live forever through his son. That is, because of what Jesus would do, we would live. And verse 10 tells us what Jesus was sent to do so that we might have life. That is, he was sent into the world to be the propitiation for our sins. He was sent into the world to satisfy the wrath of God for our sins. To propitiate means to appease it means to satisfy an offended and wrathful and angry party who has been wronged. God is that party, and we are the offenders. Right? I love you enough, right? I know, like everyone wants to be like uplifted at Christmas time. This is why He came. The birth of Christ is not Jesus. Uh, Steve Lawson said Jesus didn't come to make a holiday. He came to save sinners. Right? Jesus Christ came to be the propitiation for our sins. To propitiate is to appease the wrath of an angry party, and God is that angry party. We are the offenders. By our sin, by our rebellion against the Lord, we have merited the eternal wrath of God in hell. By living for our own desires, by our rejection of his law and his ways, by our refusal to thank and praise and worship him, by placing things above him and worshiping the creation rather than the creator, we have earned damnation. That's what you've earned. We've earned the anger and wrath of God. We deserve no good from him. We deserve no smile from him, but only a frown of displeasure. We deserve no kindness from him. We deserve no reconciliation. All we actually deserve, all we've merited, is his fierce hatred because we have rejected him, the one who gives us every breath and every good thing. We deserve for him to hate us. We deserve for him to cast us away from him and damn us. We are so miserably wretched. There is nothing in us worth saving. Contrary to what you may read on Facebook, you are not worthy. You are worthless because of your sin, and so am I. And you know this. I don't think I have to convince you. You know this. If you're honest with yourself for five minutes, you know you're a sinner, and you know what you deserve. But praise God, the text reads, God sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. (laughs) Praise God for this text. God sent Christ into the world. The Son of God took on flesh and became a man in order to satisfy the wrath of God that stands against sinful men. We need a substitute. And Christ came. Man has sinned, and so man must be punished. God's holiness and justice demands there to be a payment for sin. Where there has been sin, there must be a just retribution for it. And here comes Christ into the world in order to satisfy divine justice. And God was pleased to give his son to satisfy the demands of his justice on our behalf. And so Christ came into the world to die. In order to die for our sin. In order to go to a cross and on that cross, as the apostle says, become sin for us. At the cross, Christ had our sins imputed to him that is credited to him. And on that cross, God poured out all of his holy wrath and hatred for our sins upon Christ. And Christ was punished as if he had done what we have done. As if he had committed our sins. And the text tells us clearly that Jesus propitiated the wrath of God. Please hear me. He did away with it. (laughs) He did away with it. He satisfied it. He made payment for us. He drank the cup of the wrath of God until it was empty and there was nothing left. And he did it for us. He did it in our place. Why? The text says so that we might live through him. So that having our sins taken away and doing away with them, we might be counted as righteous in the eyes of God. So that by faith alone, in Christ alone, his work would be credited to our account so that we might be reconciled to the God that we have offended. Christ came into the world in order to give us life by his death. That's why he came. He came into the world in order to die that we might live. Please hear me this child who was born in Bethlehem was born to suffer and die and rise from the dead in order that we might have eternal life through him. And this leads to another thing that John says here. Please hear me. Christ came into the world. God sent his son, verse nine, in order to make the love of God manifest toward us. What does that mean? To show it. He came to reveal, to make it manifest, to reveal the great love of God for us. Brothers and sisters, you have never been loved like this before. You have never been loved like this. Who would love such vile, wicked sinners as us? Who would love such an unlovable people? Who would choose to save a rebellious people? Who would give his only son in order to save those who hate him? Only a God who is nothing like us. Only a God whose love is unfathomable. Only a holy God. Do you see the love of God for you? Do you see his love that he would give his son in order that you might live? There has never been love like this before. This staggers the imagination. This is truly amazing grace from the God who is love itself. And notice that verse 10 says that Christ was not sent because we loved God and God was loving us in return. Far from it. Perish the thought. We did not love God. We hated him. We were children of wrath. We were lovers of self and haters of God and doers of evil. And yet he sent his son for us anyway. He sent his son anyway. We've never been loved like this. God sent his son to live, die, and be raised in order to save his enemies and make them his children. Brothers and sisters, behold the love of God in the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. See it with the eye of faith. He loves you. And that's why he sent his son to be the propitiation for your sins. In order to make that love manifest. Christ came to die. The child born was born to die that we might live. The child was born to make the love of God manifest. So that the triune God would be praised and glorified forever in the salvation of unworthy sinners. Brothers and sisters, Christmas is not some kind of bare sentimentalism about a baby in a manger. That's not what it's about. So many people think of Christmas, and and that's all they think of, like, oh, this poor baby born in the cold, born into poverty, and it's just a sentimental thing. It's not that. Christmas is the beginning of the fulfillment of God's eternal plan to save sinners for his glory. So as we reflect upon the glorious miracle of God taking on flesh, let us also meditate deeply upon the purpose for which Christ came into the world, namely to save us and make manifest the great love of God. And may that lead each one of us to true faith and true worship of the God who saved us. All praise to him from this time forth and from evermore. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. Your word that shows us our sin and shows us how much that you love sinners to give your son to save them. Help us to meditate deeply upon that, God. Help us to not make this time of year about bare sentimentalism, but let the birth of Christ point us to the cross of Christ and the cross of Christ point us to the empty tomb of Christ. This is all your plan and let us glory in it as we consider God made flesh, our Lord. Bless us, we pray. Keep us safe as we leave here and let us meditate ever more deeply upon your truth. We thank you for Christ Jesus who has saved us and we pray this in his name. Amen.